This episode of the Albums of the Decade series presented by What Suits Him Radio is brought to you, as always, by What Suits Him and WhatSuitsHim.com, where, hold on, burr, 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 burr. I had to jack y'all shit uh, real quick, jam, beat the buzzer podcast out to y'all, but yeah, the 2019 songs of the year and their write-ups are live and available for you to read at WhatSuitsHim.com, man. Short, mini, bite-sized essays that won't take you so long to read, 25 of them, um, 4,500 words in total. That's not so important to y'all. I just want to say that I wrote 4,500 words because um, it's hard for me to write 45 words sometimes. So, yeah. Uh, but 4,500 divided by 25 actually isn't that many words. So, like I said, short, many digestible essays for y'all to read. Um, and for your convenience, the accompanying playlists are wherever you stream your music. So, Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify. If there's another streaming service, tell me and I'll <laughs> I'll post it there too. But, uh, yeah, I feel like I say this every single year. I definitely say this every single year. But... Um, this top 25 is probably my best work to date. Um, even if you don't agree with all 25 songs, I do think that you can at least say that all 25 are, if not good songs, then they're very good songs, then they're great songs, then they're elite songs, you know? So um, you check those out, um, read and listen, and check out everything we got going on at West Susan, from the professional development work we're doing with the consulting services to our photography to the playlist we post every month to this album of the decade uh, project that we're posting. So, um, yeah, check out everything at whatsuitshim.com. One more time, whatsuitshim.com. Um, yeah, short and sweet on the advertisements today, but coming up for the very first time on any What Suits Him radio podcast, we have the homies T2 Times, uh, DJ, radio personality for Hot 107.5 in Detroit, and uh, one of my closest friends from our undergraduate days at the illustrious Howard University. Um, we're going to discuss her selection for her album of the decade in a second. But first, my brother, Willie Major. I'm Detroit's own savior, Detroit's own plug, Detroit's own future, Detroit's own love. I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, I'm Detroit's own. Yeah, and I never asked for my heart back. You can have it without all you taught me. I never would have lasted. I know I can move. Actually, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sad. So as we record right now, like I have an eight-hour drive ahead of me, and it's like, damn, if I still lived here, I wouldn't have an eight-hour drive ahead of me. I could just that's facts. Like, you also probably could have took a nap if niggas would have started on time. What? So crazy. Yeah. All right. I've already explained myself to her off mic, but you know what I'm saying? I'm going to let her go ahead and, and, and keep killing me because it's fine. How are you? Thanks for doing the show. I'm swell. Appreciate Thank you agreeing. Thank you for to inviting do, me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, as, 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 the, as the newly, um, as the newest popping DJ in the city of Detroit, you know what I'm saying? I was like, uh, DJ Two Times would be a, a T Two Times would be a good person to have on the, uh, the Albums of the Decade project because oh. I'm sure she got some music opinions she would like to share. I have so, some. You know? And I hate when people ask me my opinions about stuff like this in particular because I always have such a hard time choosing a favorite like don't I have three favorite colors I don't do I have I have three favorite colors I can I have two what's your three? Oh, two. my two are like so I mean I like various shades of blue and then I like various shades of silver you know what I'm saying I've always like I don't like gray I like silver like I feel like those are different you don't like gray you don't like the flat one right you like I want to have a little little more shine you know what Uh, I'm saying mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yes Okay, I understand. What are your three? Um, pink, purple, and blue. I like pink a lot too, but you know what I'm saying. As a, as a, as a boy, I couldn't say that growing up. But Carnation Pink was always my favorite crayon in the box. You know what I'm saying. You know what? That was a solid that crayon. Was a solid color, man. Like I have made many animal noses. <laughs> 
that specific shade yeah, of man. pink. Carnation pink was was always quality, bro. And if, if, you, if you would get the ninety six box though, if you got the twenty four, it probably had like plain pink. Yeah. And you got to make the sharpener was key also. The sharpener was very key, but I wasn't wealthy enough to have a sharpener. I felt like I used to mooch off, off of other Neither was I. My mom was a teacher. <laughs> I had a 96 uh, crayon box, though. For some reason, I ain't had a sharpener. All good. Anyway. I remember this about those times sometimes. Like, dang, <laughs> man. Growing up was so basic. Like It was. You know, very hassle-free. Very hassle-free. Very rent-free, bill-free. You know? Um, After school, you went home, watched cartoons. Or you went to, like, a program that you wanted to participate in. You know? I did a lot of cartoon watching. <laughs> 106 in <laughs> Park was banned in my house. I still managed to watch it because real niggas. Banned? Banned. BET was basically banned. I grew up in a very, like, traditionally Christian household, bro. And they thought, like, rap was going to, like, bring me to hell. Could which, you read Harry Potter? No, I couldn't. But which, which was ironic because that was my favorite book series, obviously, ever. And, like, I remember either 6 or 7 came out. And we were in Meyer, and I was like begging my mom, and she was basically like, "You gonna go to hell if you read that stuff?" And I'm like, "Yo, well, I'm already going. Can you buy me this new one?" I'm like, "Yo, she bought it too. Great yeah. quality." I um, I was just cleaning out my mom's storage unit, and I found five, no, four, six, and seven. And I'm like, "Well, where the fuck is the Where's rest five? of them?" Oh, hmm? what the first three? I mean, the first three, like the first three, the size of four, and number five. I don't know where they went. They around. I mean, I have extra copies if you just like want to fill in your collection. Oh, you do have them. Because I grew up in two I houses, forgot. so I happen to have like two copies of every book. It's actually kind of weird. Quality. Yeah. I might need to borrow those. I kind of want to reread it. I got you. But the reason why we're here is music. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the reason why we're here is music. Although I'm pretty sure we're going to keep segueing because whatever. That's fine. That's how we operate. Uh, all good. So you told me what you picked. Um, do you want to like talk about like your honorable mentions or the ones you were struggling with that you have so many favorites that you couldn't pick from oh man you know what i wrote them down mm-hmm. but beyonce right visual now. album all right i mean i just did that one yesterday with blake actually see because that was cool like it was pivotal mm-hmm. but i figured somebody else was gonna pick it it was so. actually cool to talk about it with another man. I didn't when he said that I was like, because I I intended to do it with a man and a woman, the girl who anybody couldn't show up. But mm-hmm. I was like, I was really I, what I wanted to do was just sit here and let them argue it out. But I was like, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I was intrigued by the conversation, mm-hmm. and I was very kind of like, definitely. So the, the conversation was really good because a hundred percent, I walked in with like no expectations. I was like, I wonder what a grown black man is gonna have to say about like Beyonce's visual album. It's not Lemonade, but it's still a Beyonce album. Right. But he he, he uh, is a self-proclaimed member of the Hive, so he have very good like, opinions on the matter. I feel like as a black man, I can't like self-select into the Hive. I feel like I got to be invited. Why not? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Well, would you like to be a part? I mean, I'm I'm her husband's biggest fan, so you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm kind of like grandfathered in anyway, but I don't know. You know All right. Well, you know. Anyway. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So what else? So that... Um, Personally, just mm-hmm. like as a life transition album, you know how like when you going through different shit, you kind of focus in on one that just get you through. Scissors control. Okay, that's a good pick. That, that's a quality Got pick. I would, I would love talking about that album with somebody. You can come back on and talk about it. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that ooh ooh times. Because this was I actually just through. listened to it. No, I'm gonna say start to finish, but I definitely played a few selections a week or so ago. It holds up. It has a, it has aged really well. 
Because I, I think like broken what, clocks came on. It was the same like, age. Yeah, that's, no, that's true. That's true. Broken, yeah. But broken clocks is amazing. Wavy is probably one of my favorite songs ever because James Bond Lavoie is a god. But um, so yeah, those were my two like mm-hmm. that I was back and forth with. Okay, and so so those are your only two honorable mentions. We, we we're out for of right, right now. Right now, I for right now. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So boom. Okay. What is Tiana Addison? What is your so? Okay, actually, time out. Uh, stop. I feel like we didn't even like introduce you. Oh, it's, it's like real janky. Okay, it's totally fine, but it's cool. So I feel like we did we did a good little introduction. Uh-huh. Boom. Okay, Tiana, um, please like introduce yourself and like who you are and what you do and like your interests and music and what like why how how are we even here right now? You know what I'm saying? We're here because you invited me. That's true. Um, so I'm just playing. So my name is Tiana Addison, and she's just putting my whole ass the whole government. government. Like I'm not a public figure. It's like no, I'm just kidding. Um, I. I use your DJ name for the uh, for the advertisements. It's Thanks okay. so much. I am a uh, Howard University graduate, native Detroiter, West Sider, Detroit uh, player. Yeah, me. I might bring back Gators. You know. Yes, shout out to my fellow Cast Tech alumni, Big Sean. <laughs> um, I graduated from Howard in 2014 with a bachelor's in chemistry. I currently work for Radio One and Beasley Media Group. Um, as an on-air personality and DJ and board op and producer and producer. And, like I do. and, and every goddamn thing. In that <laughs> I movie. do everything, literally. I work the Shout best. Shout out to Masego. I, so I'm, I've always been in, impressed by you because, like, this is not what you went to school for. At, <laughs> at all. all. At all. And you just followed your dreams, man. I remember we had, like, a conversation at, like, a Teens After Guild pop-up we had a few years ago. And you was laying it out. And I was like, man, you making this shit happen. Like, it was very inspirational. So... Thanks, friend. Kudos to you. I've been like, you know what I'm saying, very impressed with how you've been making shit shape. Thank you, yeah. because it feels very difficult on the inside. No, I, I'm sure, like, from your end, it's like, yo, this shit is taking forever, because that's how I feel. But Mad like, long. Yeah. Especially I, considering, like, so much of my family just wasn't with the shits. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not they were not with the shit, especially it was like you were going to like we sent you to school to go become a pharmacist, and now you're telling us that that is not what's happening. <laughs> Confusion, <Right. laughs> but I mean, so far it's been a pretty interesting journey. I'm in the past year alone. Um, I've probably been DJing for max about two years, maybe, and um. I, oh, I need DJ lessons. I feel like I should have been texted you because I don't want to like take away any uh, like market base. I just always want to learn how to work turntables. So, oh yeah, for sure. Can, like help me with that. Yeah, we done awesome. this earlier, perhaps. Okay, man. Sorry, I don't think that was the last one. But I know it's not. It might have been, but um, nah, it's not. It's fine. I care about you, friend. I care about you. Um, but yeah, so like I've been DJing for probably like two years, and in that time, I've had some pretty cool opportunities. Um, and I'm just excited to see like what comes next for those things. Mm-hmm. I find myself like music taste wise. I'm a very chill individual. Like I like the type of music that one could smoke to, Amen. or like one could ride down Jefferson to. Um, like that's the type. Of, I'm a very vibey individual, right? And so I mean, of course, I like the ratchet shit. You know what I'm saying? 
who doesn't love Meg? <laughs> um, shout shout out to Meg's thighs. Anyways, um, continue. No, it's good. Out. Her hip, her knees get a lot of credit, but no one no, points yeah, to the, the strength hips. of her hip flexors. Listen, I love because my shit hurts on a regular basis. Just running a couple miles. So, shout out to Meg's hip flexors. <laughs> I think I have to change my name on Twitter. To Meg's hip flexors. Hell yeah. That's not a bad name. Neither here nor there. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much me hey. and what I have going on. So and that is how I guess I end up on the list of folk invited to come and participate. Yeah, man, you were on the first ten. Cause also, I mean, layout was I wanted five men, five women. Mm-hmm. I I like I scheduled it out and everything, and just like that, like you best started. laid plans are trash, bro. Like they never work out that way. So yeah, um, I really wanted to do ten, ten consecutive weeks from June to June to August. Yeah, in August, and here we are, September. But it's lit, man. I feel like people really enjoying the series, so it's all good. Quality. Um, you're a man. And like I, part five of it is like, man, it's almost twenty twenty, dog. Like it is. We started college ten years ago. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like I'm sucks to suck, but it's the truth. Like, That's so. crazy. So. All right, so boom, back on topic. Mm-hmm. So, insert drum roll here. Uh, Miss Tiana Addison, what is your selection for the album of the decade project? I chose to pimp a butterfly. By Kendrick Lamar. To pimp a butterfly. Let's go. So, okay. I'm happy that you picked to pimp a butterfly. Cause, Why? Um, how can I put this? Uh, I have a few different reasons. First off, Big Crit has been dominating the conversation. Really? On, on this podcast. I love him. I'm, gr- I'm growing to appreciate him. And it's basically because my niggas have beat him into my head. Uh-huh. Um, I never hated Crit, though. And I felt like I was trying to explain that earlier. It was like, um, basically... I just couldn't keep up with everything that was coming out and create was something easy to like ignore. He was flying under the radar yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all it was. But Which every one? time I heard him, I was impressed. It was kind of like, I didn't feel compelled to keep listening. What, like cat niggas picked Catalactica. Uh, my homeboy picked, Kier picked, uh, Return of Forever. Okay. And my other homeboy, Melvin picked, uh, it's better this way. Okay. Um, and I've also listened in since, since, uh, doing this project. Cause I was, Kier told me he was doing Return of Forever. I listened to Forever in a Day anyway, because I don't read. Um, yeah. And Forever in a Day is really good. Mm-hmm. You weren't supposed to agree with that. Um, and I listened to Crit, the, his re- most recent album, Crit, is here, and it's really good. So yeah, I like Crit. Um, never said I didn't. I, I just want to repeat that for, for, especially, I feel like, my nigga Will, shout out to Will. I feel like every time we had this conversation, it turns into like. Um, You're a crit hater. Not even a crit hater. It's like a crit. Like I feel like he doesn't think I give crit his due, and it's like I fuck with him. I don't know. It's just like you can only have so many favorites. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So so this is also Kendra's second appearance on the pod. It's my point because William's uh, girlfriend Rihanna actually um, picked uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Really? Yep. Cool. So yeah, man. And I mean, I wasn't about to pick Damn. Damn is my favorite of the three, I think. But to pimp a butterfly is like, if it's not two, it's like one B. <laughs> so I, I do like okay. it a lot. I do like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I, this was one of this was my favorite. I feel like I don't know why. Well, I do have my reasons, but out of the three, it just felt like it told a different part of the story. Like the more self conflict stuff, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, as 
a black man to be talking about it in such a, a public space. You know, it's just a conversation that kind of gets neglected sometimes. Mm. And like you're a conflict with self and you're like his conflict as a black man with black women, his conflict as a black man with other black men, his mm-hmm. conflict as a black man within himself. It was just a really good conversation to explore. And I think he did it well here. I think like, so I was listening to it last week um, after you told me what you was going to pick. And I was trying to take a few notes on it. I think like the most sort of, the thing that stuck out to me the most, because it hit me when I was listening to um, For Free, the, the interview. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yo, this is a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I, I don't know if he did that intentionally, but to me, like, there were, to me, there are a lot of moments where, like, I don't, so Spike does his, I think it's kind of his um, his uh, signature, where he does this thing where the main character is, like, sitting on this whatever and, like, um, going the world, off. Yeah, going, you're going off and the world is moving around him, but he's like sitting there like deep in thought. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really felt like this album is, is like the world is like happening around Kendrick. He's just trying to, trying to figure all this shit out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like really, it, and it's jazzy. It's like, to me, it's like the music that Spike would use in like those montages and shit like that. So I never thought about it like that, but mm-hmm. I agree. I could definitely see it being the soundtrack to a Spike movie mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, um, sure. And I like the jazz. It's, it's like sonically, it's really different. I still haven't yes, listened to um, Untitled Unmastered, but I think it's a um, lot of like. I like Untitled Unmastered. Yes. Yeah, so it, it came out when I was like out the country with no internet access, and just the way my mind works, it's like once I missed it, I missed it. <laughs> I still got to catch up, but yeah. um, I think it's. I don't know if it's like the Pimper Butterfly outtakes, but I know it's jazzy, just like the Pimper Butterfly, and so mm-hmm. I think that was a sound he was like playing with at the time, you know. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the the sort of like landscape he tries to lay out with it. I don't know if um, so. I mean, do you, so. I mean, so we were talking about like your 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 taste in music. Mm-hmm. Um, would you classify it as chill? Because it's chill, but it's not. You know, it's what I'm saying? chill, it's very but it's English. not. I don't. It's kind of in the middle. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the music is chill, but the lyrics aren't exactly. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I think it's. As a person who often finds themselves landing up on both sides, of, like on both ends of the spectrum, something like this, uh, it just uh, resonates That's with real. your girl. That's real. Um, and I always tell, like I tell people this all the time, okay, I have a chemistry degree, but I work in media. Mm-hmm. And I just feel, why do I have to stick to a box? And I just feel like this is so not a thing you can put in a box. No, I agree with that. I mean, it, it kind of like comes out on like how you set the album up. So mm-hmm. I, I always forget to do this because niggas just be talking, but I always want to like read sort of like the Wikipedia synopsis of it and kind of interrogate like if it says what uh, we think it means. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. Wikipedia is meant for like brief sort of snapshots of what the album's about or whatever. But um, oh, yeah, Apple got one too. What's it say? Would you like me to read the whole thing? Or just I'm, a uh, piece? I, I, I trust you to know what, like, the, the pertinent The important parts. Yeah. All right. So, Compton Bread Rapper delivers another uncompromising and deeply affecting listening experience. Agreed. 
packed with jazzy dreamlike production and staggering lyrical work to Pimp a Butterfly finds Kendrick Lamar grappling with the weight of his newfound fame as a representative of his community and as a young black man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, okay, Wikipedia doesn't really do a great job. Pimp a Butterfly's third studio album by American rapper Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Released on March 15, 2015. Um, recorded in studios. Blah, 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 blah. Shout out to Pharrell. Um, shout out to Flying Lotus and Thundercat. Um, shout out to Dre, I guess, too. Cause of course, shout out to Dre. Uh, the album incorporates elements of jazz, funk, soul, spoken word, and avant-garde music and explores a variety of political and personal themes concerning Af- African-American culture, mm-hmm. racial inequality, depression, and institutional discrimination. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, which I care about uh, specifically, mm-hmm. um, and received widespread acclaim from critics who praised the musical scope and the social relevance of Lamar's lyrics. Um, so I think, like, question two is basically memories of the first time listening to it. Um, and I don't remember – I'm trying to remember – because I remember the first time I listened to it. I don't remember if it leaked or not, though. I do remember Good Kid, Good Kid Mad City, like, leaked a little bit before mm-hmm. it dropped, and I was able to hear it that way. But the Pimp Butterfly, I think – I don't really remember. I don't think that happened like that. But I do remember, like, I skipped school that day, and I listened to it pretty much all day. That That's my memory of the day it dropped is, like, I remember it dropped, and my this girl I was dating at the time, she left for work, and I kind of was at the crib. And, yeah, I just played it all day, and I really liked it. And, I mean, I think I and King Kunta had already come out, and The Black of the Berry, too, and I didn't like The Black of the Berry, so. Actually, I've written about this album twice, I want to say. Really? Or used it as, like, a frame. Because I, I definitely used The Black of the Berry as a frame for an article I wrote a year ago, basically about um, about how social media is a bunch of bullshit. Um, the thesis is basically, like, we're all pretending to be somebody online. I like to preach with the Panthers or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements or watch BET because urban support is important. So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street when gang banging make me kill a nigga blacker than me? Hypocrite. And I, I didn't like it at first because I was like, so exactly, like, what are you... To, to me, like, bringing up something like black-on-black black crime is, yeah, like, redundant in a way. Or, like, not, if not redundant, then pointless. It's like, of course, black-on-black black crime exists in areas where, like, black people live with black people. Duh. But yeah. the point he was trying to make with that is um, I can't... It, it's, it's kind of, like, hypocritical for me to, like cry about other black deaths when I'm myself like hating on black people myself. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't, I, I, I need to look in the mirror at the very least and be like, I'm not, I'm myself not blameless. And I think social media makes it easy for people to be like, I am perfect. And it's like, no, nah, you have your thoughts. Like it's easy to like look at somebody else and how they're handling their situation and be like, mm-hmm. you need to do better. But that's kind of why I'm a bad critic. Cause it's like, when I, I'm with you, I land on both sides a lot of the time where it's like, mm-hmm. If I'm able to think critically about it, the person probably did what they did, not necessarily like trying to be an asshole about it or trying to be a dick about it. It's like they look it out for themselves, which we all do. So I, I'm not about to like condemn anybody for, um, I don't know, self-preservation. It's easy to do, and I understand why folks want to do it. But I don't know. Human nature means hu- human nature dictates, especially for white people. Like, 
look out for you, man. And if if anybody else like benefits from you looking out for you, then great. But ultimately, like you got to like look out for you. You and your people. Right. Yeah. Um. That makes. Yeah. So that makes good sense. So I mean, like, what are, like what are your first memories of listening to first the memories? I honest, honestly, honestly could not tell you why because mm. my memory is what trash. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like my memory is like wild, strong, and bizarre ways. So I kind of like remember at least like contours of what was happening around the time like these shits dropped. Couldn't tell you, um, but I can tell you like the first time I saw the King Kunta video. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, King Kunta smacked me in the face. Like I, that beat is retarded. Um, that is my. That yeah, is I still love that song. One of my favorites. I still love that song. Um, and just like having recently been in Compton and like seeing all the shit that he was pointing Rapping out. About Yes, it was just like this man is a genius. <laughs> yes, no, he is. I, He's I, a I, fucking I do believe genius. that about Kendrick Lamar. He's a genius, and that was that was the thought I had when I saw him on top of that building. Like, yes, Kendrick, this is the shit. This is the shit that the people need to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we appreciate you, gracias. <laughs> but I, so kind of to that point, it's weird to think about the fact this is only Kendrick's second album. And I remember thinking that at the time, too, because he, um, what am I trying to say? So I think about this a lot with Drake, too. Like, so these niggas are. All the mixtapes. But we are in year 11 of Drake. We're in year 10 of Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. these niggas have. I, I, but my, the point I'm trying to make is I remember when like they were in Project 1, 2, and 3, and I was like, I wonder what's next. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's after this. I remember because I remember Kishar growing his hair out, and I was like, "Ew, that's different." <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? Like, that's different. And I mean, now we in year five of Kendrick having like long ass hair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he, it's a, I feel like we all grow up, and I, I enjoy watching rappers grow up. That's another reason why I want to do this project because it's like, um, I think my favorite Drake project is old, but it's fun to watch. It was fun to watch these niggas become like men for real. You know what I mean? Watch, okay. watch Beyonce become like a mother. You know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. All that shit was kind of, they're kind of like big brothers and big sisters in a way, which I don't really, it's, it's, they it's a weird psychological sort of thing. with their music. Yeah. In a, in a weird yes. way. Yeah, yeah. Like I think about with Drake, like nothing was the same. And now to be at like Scorpion Drake, mm-hmm. it's like, hmm. Yeah, Drake got a kid, okay. bro. A whole child. That he was hiding, but it's neither here nor there. I mean, you know what? I was thinking about that. My, I guess I was, I was only making a joke. I don't participate. Oh, I was about to say, technically, my sister and my brother-in-law are hiding my nephew Yikes. from the world. Yikes. Like, we are not allowed to post pictures they, of him on they, social. They're not hiding the kid from the world. They're they hiding, hiding the world from the kid. kid. You know, true, true. You know and that's basically what they said. They were just like, you know, there's just so much crazy stuff out here. And I'm like, man, I don't post my nigga on the socials. <laughs> No, but I they're his parents, and they have their wishes. They do. Amen. Um, yeah, so next question. Um, the best three to five song stretch on the album. Your favorite three to five Okay, I, I was thinking about this earlier today because yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I, think I, I think I know mine, but so I have like two different ones. <laughs> This is probably one of my favorite albums of the decade. I, I will probably. Favorite. This is quality. Yeah, this is a quality album. Um, I think I would have to go 
from for free to King Kunta to institutionalize mm-hmm. to these walls to you. So and you was I, probably my least favorite song on the album. That's really? The, yeah. Because I, I listened to it the other day and I realized I'd probably been a little bit too harsh on it. Um, he just sounds he sounds so in pain that I can't listen to it. He sounds like he's like going through it. Loving you like, is complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I the reason why I picked those is because okay, we think about um for free, she's just going to fuck off. Fuck you motherfucker. You a whole ass nigga. I don't know why you trying to go big, nigga. You ain't shit. Walking around like you God's gift to earth. Nigga, you ain't shit. You ain't even buy me no outfit for the fourth. I need that Brazilian wavy 28 inch. You playing. I shouldn't be fucking with you anyway. I need a baller ass, boss ass nigga. You's an off brand ass nigga. Everybody know it. Your homies know it. Everybody fucking know. Fuck you, nigga. Don't nigga ain't shit. And my other nigga on you off and <laughs> he gets to talking about how i'm doing x y and z and if you want this this and that it ain't free mm-hmm. and then we get back down to these walls i'd rather diss them i'd rather call on you put your wall up because when i come around demolition go as against each other as we have the tendency to be like you where I want to be at technically yeah so it's like it's a full circle shit right there I love these walls so these walls to me is just like really pretty so I'm gonna co-sign your pick I think the only reason you would not include you I wouldn't include you and as much as I love that's that's the weird part is like I don't hate any of these songs. I feel like I have, the, I have the same sort of like conversation with Kanye where it's like to say that I dislike any of these songs is like saying that I would grade it at like a B. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that like I think it's a terrible song. It's just that like if I have to like assign like number rankings to them, then like something has to be last. Something mm-hmm. has to be last. And so I think you and Institutionalized like fall at the bottom of the list for me. But I still I love Institutionalized. I think it's yeah. a really good song. But uh, King Kuta and these and these walls are two of my favorite songs, and that's why I want to close out what you said. Mm. Um, I think my stretch starts at all right. Okay. I think the only problem is I'm trying to like bend the rules and take out for sale in hood politics. Because hood politics also falls into my list. But how much a dollar costs is probably one of my favorite songs ever. I do these um, like yearly rankings of my of the best songs of the year, which is actually just my favorite songs of the year. Mm. And how much a dollar costs was my favorite song of 2016. In 2015. I think that's all. And I think, um, to me, like, if I had to tell people to listen to one song from this album and like figure out like what the album's about, it would be it would be it would be how much dollar cost. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, this song is perfect. Yeah, I don't have any disagreements here. Because this album is so yeah. great. And I love Complexion. I love Rhapsody's verse on Complexion. Let me talk my Stu Scott. Excuse me on my Tupac. Keep your head up. When did you stop? Love and die. Color your skin. Color your eyes. That's the real blues, baby. Like you met Jay's, baby. She's amazing. I she saw her live one time at like a Girls Who Love Hip Hop Summit thing here a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I honestly wasn't familiar with her except for her verse on Complexion. Complexion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, Shorty Nice. No, she do. She's great. She be rapping, rapping. She's great. Kendrick um, did a good job right here. No, with he this did. little piece right here. He picked good features. Um everything made sense. Everything made sense. Everything made sense. Like there's no song on this album that I don't feel like fits in with the theme of the album. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Uh, uh, um, that's the point. So I was talking to somebody on the on this um in this series about like concept albums and um Niggas are getting away from it. Niggas, I mean, niggas aren't only getting away from it, but like, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like, so I don't want to shit on new rap because, but I listen to it. But can like one bar like relate to the bar that you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's be random. Can the whole song be? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I just drank a Coke. I just bought some soap. It's like, what did that have, what did that have to do with? And what? niggas are banging it in the club. I mean, hey. So, but again, not shit on people's taste. I am also somebody who, if that shit came on in the club and the beat was right, if Metro produced it, probably gonna listen to it. So, ultimately, I am complicit. I just, I just want to say that Kendrick is um not doing that shit. He's not. But you think about like his album. Okay, this one have how many tracks on it? Sixteen with some interludes. So two Six, interludes. Fourteen ish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chris Brown last album guy. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by that though, because I'm I'm sure all these niggas record a ton of music, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever they just be in the studio. And I was actually talking to uh, so um, interview I'm probably gonna come out with before, right before this one. Uh, my nigga Willie Mack. We was talking about his process last night, and he was saying that if he went to the studio, he's I mean he's. Uh, trying to optimize his studio time, mm-hmm. but he's saying like when he goes to studio, he got a plan, and he say if he does, if he go, if he goes for four hours, he wants to record a song out, and okay. I'm like, okay, so, and he got a project coming out in a few weeks, nine tracks, eight tracks in the bonus, and I meant to ask him like, so how many did you record for it? And I'm assuming he probably recorded like 30, 40 songs for it. Um, that's, I feel like Chris Brown probably records 60 songs and is like, just give him everything. Like, fuck it. Like, just give him yeah, everything. I mean, middle. Heartbreak on the Full Moon was 40 some tracks. The Deluxe was 57. I, LOL. <laughs> Definitely didn't listen to that. I listened to uh, it like on some. Um, I, listened, I got through the 44. That was where my life. I was like, all right, Chris. I was like, it was some chores music. Like, it was just kind of background music. And I was like, if, if one of these songs catches my eye, then I'll listen to it. Yeah. It also had an R. Kelly feature, which is not great. But, um, oh. So, my three to five song stretch, I think, is uh, it has to include um, how much a dollar costs. So, I guess I'll start at first sale. 
I would say it got me a pack, but what's better than that? The fact it brought me back home. Mama and complexion are probably like fighting for my second favorite Mama song. Mama, Mama I, confuses my soul. What do you mean? So I've been listening to that song every day for the past like week, mm-hmm. trying to. Touch Layla Hathaway for the writing credit. I think she's singing background on here too. Oh, is she? Yeah, Mama written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elements on your own written and performed Layla Hathaway. I, he sampled her. Okay. Okay, got it. I'm just like. I don't know. It's just confusing to me. And I I still like it. Don't get me wrong. Just I'm not understand. I don't know. It's a part. Something about yeah. it. I'm about to pull up the lyrics. Because um, I, I love the story he tells through, like, the boy from Compton. Basically, when he's telling. The, basically, when he's talking to himself and he's like, yeah. Which, actually, I hadn't thought about it from that from that perspective. But he's basically talking to himself. Okay. And he's like, um, he said, I saw. Let me, let me pull the lyrics out. I met a little boy that resembled my features. Nappy afro, gap in the smile. Hand me down sneakers, bounce through the crowd. Running number home men and women that crossed him. Some beaming on his BDBs, exhausted. Tossing footballs with his ashy black ankles. Breaking new laws, mama passed on home training. He looked at me and said, Kendrick, you do know my language. You just forgot because of what public schools had painted. Oh, I forgot, don't kill my vibe. That's right, you're famous. I used to watch your channel 5, TV was taken. But never mind, you're here right now, don't you mistake it, it's just a new trip. Take a glimpse of your family ancestor, make a new list of everything you thought was progress and that was bullshit. I know your life is full of turmoil, you're spoiled by fantasies of who you are. I feel bad for you, I can attempt to enlighten you without frightening you. If you resist, I back off quick, go get your flight or two. But if you pick destiny, hold for rest in peace, then be an advocate. Tell your homies, especially, to come back home. And basically he was like, I, I guess he's looking at it from the perspective of this could have been me had I not, basically had I not gotten famous. Is like, I would have been a nappy-headed boy just like living in Compton, still hitting licks on niggas. Mm-hmm. To, to me, like one of, um, uh, he, like a lot of things run through this album or like imbue this album, but um, the, one of the reasons why I do like Institutionalized is the story he tells about, um, Bringing a friend to the Bring award a, show. But even, but I, I, I like the friend's response where he's like. Get my post to do when I'm looking at walking licks. The constant big money talk about the mention and foreign whips. The profit chest and passport. Presidential glass for gold bottles, gold models. Giving up the ass for Instagram flick. Sucking dick. Fuck is this? One more sucker waving with a fleshy wrist. My defense mechanism tell me to get him quickly because he got it. It's a recession. Then why the fuck he ain't King of Diamonds? You expect me to not hit these licks? Like, nigga, are you... You know where we come from, nigga? All this money that's here for the taking, I'm supposed to just be like, I ain't gonna do that. Like, come on, bro. Like, that's real. I think the part about mama that gets me is I don't understand why it's called mama. I mean, the course is uh, come back home, right? So I I think this is all about, like, coming back home. Okay. Because I was just like... That's that's what your mama would say. We've been waiting for you. True. That's how I felt today, man. I couldn't get out of the house... Cause my mama didn't want me to leave, and it's like, I get it. It's like I live eight hours away. You only see me three months, three, three. You see me six hours, the six hours every three months, mm-hmm. and every and any other time I'm Facetiming and I'm janky on Facetime. It's like I don't Facetime as much as you want me to. 
they want you to come back home. They do. And I mean, I don't. My stepmom says all the time, like, you're not coming back here. And the subtext of that is, it'd be nice if you came back here, but I don't think you want to come back here. And I every time I ask her, like, why do you say that? And it's like, I was, she never has a real reason, but it's like, you're not going to come back here. And I'm like, that means you would, they be you would like us. it. Right. They be missing us. They do. I, um, I had a voicemail from my mama, and she literally had just called because we had been talking every day, and... We didn't talk for like two days, mm-hmm. and so she had cause she was just like, um, hi, just was calling because I miss you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, miss you too, girl. And I feel like I that's call her back. Like, sorry, mom. But I feel that's a level of intimacy that like a daughter can share with her mother. I feel like I feel like my parents specifically, and maybe it's because of like the sort of ambition I've always showed. But like they don't want they don't ever want to be like the reason why you didn't. Not even that, but, like, they don't ever want to be, like, why don't you call us more? Like, why don't you, like, check in more? Because I think they know I be busy. Uh, what I do know is they are not pleased with, like, my level of communication. And mm-hmm. if I if it were to increase, they would not be mad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think about that with this album a lot, like, about, about like, what it means to, like, want to glow up and, like, who are you deserting in the process. Yeah. It's a, the, the conflict. And a lot of times it's your immediate family. That's the fucked up part about mm-hmm. like at, at least until you make it or for real, where you can you like bring them to. with you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Until you can bring people with you, you probably not gonna be as present as you need to be. I think about that a lot too, cause like all my old people getting like old, old, like sick, old, and I'm like, damn, I haven't like been calling that. I haven't been calling home enough. And like, I was thinking about that at church today. Like I need to like actually like build into my schedule like calling people on the weekend, cause. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to be the last time you talk to people. And I think, like, this album Ooh. deals with that guilt about, like, am I deserting the people that matter the most in order to, like, make it? Like, what, is even, what does making it mean if, yeah. like, the people that you care about can't enjoy it with you? And I, I feel like that's something that hit me relatively hard once my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Because. Same with my dad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you understand. But, like, just un. Knowing that my mom lived in Mississippi, right? Mm. And so she never was like, oh, you should move down here. She probably mentioned it once. And I'm just like, mommy, I'm trying to, like, my career cannot be happening right. in Bahia, Mississippi. <laughs> so sorry. Love you, but Bahia is not where it's at. <laughs> it just ain't, it ain't there. And I think in the three, two and a half years that she lived down there, she asked me about moving down there one time. Mm. Despite all the time she was sick and in the hospital and didn't say nothing, and all of the times where, I, like, every t- the fact that every time I went to go visit, she was in the hospital, she never asked me to move down there. She asked me one time. Mm. And I want to say it maybe was a month and a half before she passed away. And that shook me. It's just like, damn, I am not doing enough. Mm-hmm. I am not doing enough because my mother has now asked me to move down here and she has never brought it up in conversation before ever. Yeah. So it it really is a like the album is really an honest look at just like the things we go through to try to make it mm-hmm. and that conflict, that conflict between the people around us um in our relationships both friendly, familial, romantic like and I she think, hard. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> like, this album is actually, like, kind of expertly put together because 
you falls directly in the middle. Loving you is complicated. 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 Loving you is The depression kind of, I mean, the depression, like, is going to come and go, but it falls in the middle where, like, you're like, fuck, mm-hmm. this shit is hard. I am, like, not being true to myself. I don't even want to do this shit no more. Do I want to live anymore? Like, if I'm not, if I'm not being real, if I'm not being, like, honest to me, like, what am I even doing this shit for anymore? Mm-hmm. And the opposite is I, which comes at the end. Which is not about him. It's about the community. This album is actually really expertly put together. So great. Yeah. The he, level of... He thinks shit... I mean, the fact that Damn works frontwards and backwards, like, he's a fucking genius, man. He really is. I remember somebody, like, posited the Damn theory. I listened to it on my own before he even, like, validated it. And I was like, even if it's not true, this is fucking expert level, like, album construction. Like, the fact that, like, it works backwards. Mm-hmm. That doesn't... That's a concept album. To work frontwards and backwards is like, I thought this all the way through. And it's telling the same story in two different ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's just very like, we're not talking about that album. But I say, I, say, I say that to but say. But Kendrick is the man. Yeah, that like <laughs> he is very thoughtful in how he does this shit. Like, mm-hmm. he, really, he really is. All right. Um, so what's your favorite song on the album? Was it in that stretch or like, is it like, uh, does it fall outside of it? King Kunta. I want to say that's my favorite song. And all right. Been down before. Nigga, when our pride was low. Looking at the world like, where do we go? Nigga, and we hate Popo. Wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. Nigga, I'm at the preacher's door. My knees getting weak and my gun might blow. But we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. Nigga, we gon' be all right. We gon' be all right. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be all right. Here's my here's my only great for all right. What? For real, um, is a, uh, is a, is a, I don't know if you can like fabricate yourself or, uh, plagiarize yourself, but he already gave that beat to Rick Ross like a year before and just like changed the drums on it. Man, fuck all that. All and right. I kind of like the, the Rick Ross version. Yeah, a little bit better, but it's because like, you know what? Bit, like, but niggas be doing that because this is random, but T Grizzly, no effort. Megan the Stallion. Uh, I was on hip. I was on hip. <laughs> Megan the Stallion. What is that? It's not freak nasty. No, they no producers do that. They be I, doing that shit all the not time. Not on albums so. though. Pharrell did it on two albums. Like I'm, I'm just niggas doing it on mixtapes. I remember. Um, I feel like Travis Porter used to get people's beats before everybody else, and then rap on them, and then it'd be somebody else's single. I'm trying to remember like. Oh, poor Travis Porter. I'm trying to remember what was Travis Porter had all the way turned up first. They did. They did because I've seen it in somebody's Serato. <laughs> Outside of somebody's Serato, I was like, wait a yeah. minute. They rapped on, um, I don't know if they got Bear Rock first, but there's a version of Bear Rock called Adidas by Travis Porter, which is All Day I Dream About Sex. I, not obviously, but yeah. They, yeah. they had the Bear Rock beat first. So I say I have to say that, like, I'm used to seeing it on, like, mixed taste with lower level artists. Pharrell Williams gave Rick Ross and Kendrick Lamar the same and exact And what? Beat. He made what money? He did. He made his bread. The songs did well. Man, I look, I'm not going to be graduate person. Quality. Check. All I can do is be a critic. Work. You know what I'm saying? All I can do is be a critic. That's all. 
And I'm, but universally, so all right is like, I, I don't know, like it's standing in the black community now, but in 2015, 16, and maybe even 17, that was like the new black national anthem. Like, like niggas was going to be all right. You know? And currently, as I go through life struggling as a baby adult who is not with the shits, it, it stands true. <laughs> and it's still inspiring. It's just like, you're going to be all right eventually. It's coming. <laughs> so between those two, like King Kunta is really my shit. It's real aggressive. I got a bone to pick. I don't want you monkey mouth motherfucker sitting in my throne again. I'm mad, but I ain't stressing. True friends, one question. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. Kunta, black man taking no losses. Oh yeah. Bitch, where you and I was walking? Now I run a game, got the whole world talking. King Kunta, everybody wanna cut the legs off him. When you got the yams, what's the yams? He come on that bitch. Whore. <laughs> I don't want you monkey mouth motherfucker sitting in my throne again. Ah. Uh, none I'm of you. I'm mad, but I ain't stressing. But I ain't stressing. True friends. One question. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> I always love that part. I'm like, true Bitch. friends. <laughs> Bitch. And that's how you know he was really talking to his niggas. Because, Bitch, where the <laughs> fuck was you when I was walking? Where was you at? Now I run the game. And now you on my dick. Like. King Kunta. <laughs> I'm the motherfucking man yeah. now. And here you are back. Where, where the fuck was your ass at? I love that line. True friends. One question. Bitch. <laughs> that is my part. I love that song so much. Yeah. And then he talk about the yams. That's What's the yams? The yams, the power that be. <laughs> it's like, damn, people really do begin distracted by the yams. Whatever their respective yam may be. <laughs> Shout out to the yams. Could man. be it could be drugs. It, it could, could be, be it could be them yams. It could be bitches. Um, it could be the yams on the it bitches. It could be whatever it is that you feel sustains you. It's yams. You know what I'm saying? I'm actually intrigued. By it. So I just want to read. So I'm, I'm I'm on genius right now because whatever. Um, so the yams line. This line includes an allusion to Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man. For real. The unnamed narrator is walking down the streets of New York City when he smells yams, triggering memories of his own hometown in the South. I've read Invisible Man. Me like, too. Fake read Invisible Man. I don't remember this. I read it for class. I read it for class too, I, but I, it was in high school. And exactly. I, I was finessing back ago. then. Um, Still, I finessed all the way through. Literally told my professor, hey, if you give me a C, I promise to never do chemistry again. I just need to graduate. And you know he did? He gave me a C. He was like, bitch. Real nigga. Get away from me. <laughs> Real nigga. I didn't. So somebody might have been thinking too hard, but okay. No. So the yam is used as a symbol of authenticity. The protagonist famously declares, I am what I do. Remember, I am what I am. Yeah. Here, Kendrick is declaring his own authenticity, unlike the rappers he disses in the rest of the verse. Yams are a key ingredient in African cuisine and have significance in some parts of Africa as a sign of social status. In his novel, Things Fall Apart, 
Chinua Achebe <clears throat> begins, doc- begins by documenting how a man's worth in Igbo society was largely determined by his yearly yam yield. When Kendrick says he's got the yams, he means he has attained money, power, and prestige. Also, big butts on healthy ladies and balloons filled with drugs, particularly heroin, are colloquially See, known, known as you. the yams. Yep. Drugs. I was thinking about big butts. Bitches. <laughs> or. But I, I'm. Well, but that's the brilliance of it. It's like the yams. On a, on a layman's What's level. What's the yams? Right. On a layman's level, he's talking about the butt. But like on a high level, he's talking about like two of the greatest authors of all time. You know what I'm saying? And the like, fact that in the, within the lyric, the question is, what's the yams? Quality. He's a genius. Quality. He's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> My nigga is the shit. And I just. Huh. Yeah. Shout, yeah. Shout out to you, Kendrick, man. Shout out to Kung Fu. Kung Fu Kenny. Shout out to Kung Fu. That's um, quality shit right there. That's quality. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, How Much Dollar Cost is probably my favorite. I want to, like, look at this track list one more time. So, all, I love All Right. Like I said, I love Mama. I, I, love, com- I love Complexion. I, I really like Me Complexion. Me too. I really like Complexion. So, here we are, face the tough decision of choosing a favorite. I'm going to roll with How Much Dollar Cost. From my okay. Mind. But I, I, I like the fact that I don't have to choose Complexion because it's the next song. <laughs> It like builds me up. <laughs> okay. Cause uh, I like them as a duo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like complexion is a really good complexion don't mean thing. Mm. And like we said, like Rhapsody Ooh. She added a whole different element to that to that drink. So I so your favorite song is your favorite song your be, the also your best song on the album or like would you Oh no, I think best on? song I would give to complexion. It don't mean a thing. Yeah, complexion or how much a dollar costs. Yeah, I think I'm going to roll with favorite and best is the same. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there are other contenders. That's the thing, though, is this album is so good. I wouldn't so be mad at like, other contenders. Because King Kunta is – if somebody said King Kunta is the best song on the album, I'll probably be like, I'm okay. not going to argue with you. You know what I'm saying? That's fine if you feel that way. So I have a question for you. So Uh-oh. the album ended and Mortal Man ends and he starts doing his whole like – Conversation I remember you was conflicted. I remember you was conflicted. Misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same. Abusing my power full of resentment. Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. So I went running for answers. Until I came home. I'm like, no, are you really talking to, like, some sound bites of a nigga? <laughs> like, what's going he on? He was. Right and, again, you know, I just kind of let that part go. <laughs> That's fair enough. I mean, it's the end of the album, so you can just choose to disregard it. And I, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he led into it so many times throughout the album. Mm-hmm. That actually is a, that's a good point. Because um, he just, like, jumped to the poem at the end, I'd have been like, Excuse me? Yeah. Like, right. Uh, you talking to Tupac now, Like, what's going on? And, you know, understanding how he would say all the time, like, Tupac came to him in a dream and told him, you know, this, this, and this about mm-hmm. his future and rap and whatever. But, like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about Mortal Man. I think it's a good, but that's the thing. is It's a good, like, outro. Yes, considering, like, it, again, his thought process. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? It can, it comes up so many times. Like, it starts the album. It's in the middle of the album. And um, it just, I mean, it's a good way to kind of complete it. Like, oh, so this is what the fuck you was talking about all the right, time. Right, right. But the fact that he, you know, everything starts, I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. influence. And it's just like, yes, this is the theme. Mm-hmm. I love a good theme. I am here for the theme. So... But I, so I guess to that point too, like he's talking to himself. Obviously, I, I never. But again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I don't know if it's on record or not, but um, I guess you you only know your process, right? And so mm-hmm. from afar, I'm looking at Kendrick, like I'm mad proud of you, bro. Like you are actually like the like the light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Like you are the like you not you the anti Drake per se, but you doing the mainstream thing without like sacrificing like your morals. So to hear him be like, I still am sacrificing my morals, even though you can't see it. It's like, yo, the music industry gotta be fun. I mean, to be a mainstream, anything you got to kind of like shut the job a little little bit. bit. Yeah. That's shitty. So annoying. Like why can't I cuss on a regular radio? You know, my show would be a million times more funny if I could just say my cuss words when I feel like I'd be mad paranoid doing this shit. Cause I'm like, man, I'm about to like, Ruin like the rest of my life because I want to be like a Who podcast. Was I was talking to about. <laughs> you know I was mean? talking to my sister about this earlier, um, and she was like, "That was part of the reason why she felt like she didn't want to start her son's social media career per se too early because at this it, stage it, it means so much. Mm. It you know career wise. And it come and it's and it goes both ways. So like for instance, if you trying to do some corporate shit and you say something wild that go viral, I say the n word so much on here. Like it's the I oh, mean, it's the oh, <laughs> and I don't think about it because I say nigga in conversation like a lot. Yes, I talk to my friends. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> so if you, like you say something wild on the internet, it go viral. If you trying to go into the corporate world, it's an automatic no. I know people who, you know what I'm saying? And that's just de- depending on the company, right? But then in my industry, you say something about on the internet, it go viral. Go viral. And now you, you, it's a good look. You know what I'm saying? Your yep. follower count is going up. X, Y, and Z is happening. So, like, for me right now, I'm sitting at a random 2,800 and followers on Instagram. Um, it's some folk, that's a lot. In my industry, I'm, quote, unquote, struggling. Yeah, and so it's so wild, like how many different ways the shit can go, and now I've forgotten what the point was. No, but I, I had a, one of my professors asked me last year, like I was talking to her about what to do. She was like, "So would you call yourself an influencer?" And I, I laughed dead in her face. Like, and, oh, what? No. And <laughs> I, I mean, I don't consider myself an influencer, but like part ten of that was like. Girl, I got like a thousand followers on Instagram. Like, I ain't no fucking body. Influencing shit, girl. Like, come on now. Like, but I mean, I think the point she was trying to get at is like, I, I don't, I don't know if I aspire to be an influencer. I do want people to like respect my opinion, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I don't talk about shit I don't know about because I need to maintain my respect. Boom. A um, lot of people do that. But I mean, I think that comes back in this album. Still, it's like. Even if we, I feel like we're hailing Kendrick as a genius, right? But mm-hmm. again, like him knowing his own process, 
I'm sure he doubts himself like a motherfucker where he's like, is this shit any good for real? Or like, and then he go get a damn Pulitzer prize. No, I feel like at this point, no, he know he, that he nigga. gotta know that he that nigga. He like if you know. don't know, but I, I, I can't see how between good kid and to Pimp a butterfly, he was like, do these niggas happening? love me for real? Mm-hmm. Or like, am I doing something that's making them love me? And should mm-hmm. I like tone that back? Because cause ultimately I feel this a lot too. Like, my blackness should never make you comfortable. It's because as a white like, as a white person, you always looking at me skeptically, even though I'm not doing shit but being myself. And so, anytime I'm doing something that makes you comfortable, obviously, I'm like watering down who I am in order to like make you happy. Mm-hmm. And so that I, that's something I think about. Where it's like, of course, I want like mainstream acceptance, but like I'm also not gonna be anything different from who I am as a person. So. Um, Kendrick Lamar selling a million albums every time he drops. I'm sure he's looking at it like, do these, why What's do people love here? me for real? Yeah. Like, why, why do y'all fuck with me? Like, I'm talking, I'm saying some real shit, and y'all are buying it. Like, this, sure, right? It's got to be weird. Yeah. Yo, black men, are you tired of being told that men are trash? Are you tired of hearing over and over about toxic masculinity? Are you tired of having black masculinity defined for you? All in the videos, dancing. I bet. Check this out. Cue the music, please. My name is Jeremy Hurt, and Let's Talk Bruh is a podcast that I host on black masculinity. We have conversations on black masculinity and take it into our own hands, define it for ourselves, and break down what men are trash really means, as well as what it means to hold ourselves accountable for toxic masculinity and the ways that it impacts us and women. I have conversations on vulnerability, mental health, friendship, sex, and much more. Being a black man, as we know, is a full-time job with no days off. And Let's Talk Pro is a podcast where all black men can have deeper conversations outside of Twitter's 280 characters to vent, to laugh, celebrate our wins, and call each other out for problematic behavior like telling your boy to man up when he's crying because what does it really mean to be a man if you can't cry? With each episode, we try to do our part in considering and suggesting new visions of black masculinity. Let's Talk Bro drops every Wednesday anywhere you can find podcasts. All right, we back. Um, we were kind of talking about like our favorite lyrics. I was just saying we talked about King Kunta a lot. I I think that's like my favorite sort of like setup. Yeah, he walks niggas into that shit like true friends. Like I, was, I want to ask you something real quick, and then he snaps on them niggas. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we did discuss mm-hmm, that, and then of course, I remember you was conflicted. Misusing <laughs> your influence, but yes. I, I think I like how much dollar cost because of that too, because um. I like the story. Yes, me too. Even if I'm, I can't pick out like a specific lyric from the song I like, but I, actually the, the second verse, the way it starts, because this is a weird sort of standoff where they staring at each other. They just Kendrick's staring narr- at each other. They're just narrating, and he's like, why is this nigga staring at me like I owe him something? And, and the then, answer is because he's God. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Mama too a lot. I like the third verse where he's basically talking to himself about um, – yeah, if even if you can't come back home, even if you feel like you can't come back home, um, don't forget about us. You know what I mean? Like, be an advocate for your community and be an advocate for um, the folks you claim to care about. And if you care about us for real, then you'll convince some people who aren't necessarily on your level to come back and do some things for us. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like I a lot, too. So. I was kind of mad when, like, he did whatever the live version of I on the album where, like... You were? So... But, but on, on re-listen, I liked it a lot because I do think it... 
the live version fits into the album more than like the studio version does. I just happen to like studio version more. I felt that way initially. Mm-hmm. And I have grown to really like the live version. Because my question, like, so. I mean, the, the, way, the, the pers- way it breaks down when, like, the fight breaks out in the crowd, mm-hmm. he talks. That's what I like about it. Because it's like. N-E-G. We're going to get back to the show and move on because that shit petty, my nigga. Mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check. We're going to do some acapella shit before we get back to all, all my niggas. Listen, listen to this. I promise, Dave, I never used the phrase fuck, nigga. He said, think about what you saying. Fuck niggas. No better than Samuel on the Django. No better than a white man with slave boats. Sound like I needed some soul searching. My pops gave me some game in real person. Retraced my steps on what they never taught me. Did my homework fast before government But I think me. for me, so um, A, I love instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, as a nigga who played multiple instruments, over the course of my life, like I played flute, trombone, violin, harp, and piano at some point. Okay. Um, Young, talented. You know what I'm saying? Just a little something. And um, so I love instrumentation, which is why I've always loved live albums. But as a person who deals in theater of the mind as a radio personality, I always wonder if this really was live. Yeah. Or like, how did he get to how, you know how, what I'm how did it come about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like how was this recorded what was the situation were there really people in the room was there really like a fake scuffle what mm-hmm. was was there really a nigga hosting like hello testing the mic you know what i'm saying all i see in my head is some old nigga you know what i'm saying some old drunk ass uncle hosting the event you know what i'm saying yeah. And so I just wonder what the setup nobody was. Nobody but the number one rapper in the nobody, world. He didn't nobody. 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 All over the world. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> that. But, but it's beautiful too. Cause I, so I think about, I guess, like my own story. And I always feel a little bit guilty. Like when. So I, it's happened to me today in a few different ways. Where like I went to church. I went to my childhood church. Uh-huh. And I was always kind of like the golden child of my church. Um, and so it, it kind of still like exists where. When I come home, it's a lot of platitudes where, like, we're so proud of you. And, like, so Kendrick's coming home with an eye. And, like, uh-huh. the narrator is like, we're bringing up nobody but the number one rapper in the world. He, like, it's, a, it's your hype, man. It's like, it's, yeah. it's essentially, like, you come home and ultimately, even if there are niggas who hate you for leaving or niggas who, like, think you a sellout or whatever, mm-hmm. it's always going to be them OGs who were, like, I'm so proud of you. Our nigga back home. Right, our nigga back home. He about to give you some game. And he not really giving you no game except for like, oh you know what I'm saying? Don't be no fuck up. On a damn homie. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really the only game. I, I mean, Kendrick has wisdom, but I think it's overstated that like to leave, you need to leave home to get wisdom. For sure. I do think that like, I like to travel because I like seeing new shit. I don't think I'm like necessarily becoming a different person from like seeing that new shit though. I think mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like I think I think it's my personality, but not like, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I you don't, don't know. have. I don't believe that you have to leave home to gain. Wisdom. But on the flip side, like I get shit, I get shit so much from my niggas who like have I, never been nowhere. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's it's so like thinking about um, niggas who may have not gone away for school or who have never left the state. It, they there's the perspective is different because they don't know nothing else, but that does not make it unwise mm-hmm. just because it's 
limited. I don't feel like. But, but even when I went to, I, I feel like I don't know like how how young we like learn this sort of lesson. I remember when I went to Cranbrook, pretty much all my friends were like, "You a sellout." I'm like, I'm getting a thirty five thirty five thousand education for free. I don't know how that makes me a sellout. I feel like I'm a fucking opportunist. But I. This is I, what's the what's the phrase? I think it's called like Occam's Razor, where basically like for every positive interpretation of something, there's also like an equally relevant and like pertinent uh, negative interpretation of it. So okay. I'm looking at it like I'm, I'm like winning. taking advantage of opportunity, and other people looking at it like what's wrong with DPS and you got to leave. And mm-hmm. both and both opinions are valid. Um, and so I I always feel. I think I just kind of the point of this album where it's like he not the point but one of the points where like he's definitely look. I mean we talk about it on institutionalized where he's like just like hang with me and you will be cool and this thing is like fuck hanging with you nigga like I there are niggas out here with a lot of money and if they're not paying attention to me so I can hit a lick and go on by my right way. go by my way and not take none of your money and Kendrick's like that's not the point and the other nigga is like then what is the what is the point <laughs> right then what is the point so yeah. But me and my dad always talked about this. I mean, it's not a new saying, but he, he liked it a lot. Um, you can take the nigga out the hood, but you can't take the nigga out the hood. That's how he would say it, but it's yeah. the flip side of it. You can't, the, you can't take the, the hood, hood out the nigga. And it's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a pejorative statement because it implies that like to be a hood nigga is a negative thing or like a, a dispositive thing. It's like, but I feel it's but not. It, it gives you street smarts. It gives you sort of instincts that like you I, don't get you every. Don't you get don't get, right. get that shit everywhere no. else. Like it does not occur to someone who did not grow up in a neighborhood where they needed to consistently be on the Keep lookout the on the swivel, to yeah. consistently be on the lookout in unfamiliar areas, and that's how they end up snatched. Robbed and murdered. Because mm-hmm. you wasn't paying no motherfucking attention. You had you no just. Yeah. Or, um, you know, being so trusting of somebody you just met on the street. It's just like, we don't know what type of interest this person has in you. And so I don't feel like that's particularly uh, a negative statement, considering I grew up off of Schoolcraft and Joy Road. Like, I don't trust you, niggas. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. But I do also believe that every experience you have contributes in one way or another to the next ones that you have. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like Pledge and Delta, right? There are so many things I learned about taking initiative and um, discretion, like professionally, that I don't necessarily think I would have gotten otherwise. Especially when it comes to, you know. At Howard University specifically. Yeah. Like, just those experiences, being persistent and understanding, understanding, understanding the impact that resilience and persistence has on your outcome. Mm -hmm. Like, that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise because I've never been in another situation that required it until after I acquired those skills. And it's like, oh, shit, that applies here. Yeah. And now in my radio career where <laughs> the industry, you face a lot of no's, 
Um, no, no, the radio industry is a hazing industry. Now that's where hazing is. is Dog in, in the media, in the media, that's that. That is where hazing happens. Media is where the hazing occurs. That is where it occurs. You're never good enough until you're good enough. It's the, and I don't understand. Like I've been at this for three and a half, almost four, five, no, four years now. Of you know, just trying to. It took me four years to get hired, and. That wasn't necessarily as an owner. I was hired as a board operator. They gave me a show because I begged for it. Moving on up to the east side, though. And now I'm in a situation where I'm trying to pursue, like, a full-time opportunity. (laughs) And, like, no is people's favorite word. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't necessarily feel like that you can't take the hood out the homie shit is negative in any way shape form or fashion you absolutely cannot take the west side out of me nope it is integral intentionally neither because i'm not letting it go (laughs) you know what i'm saying so yeah that's basically that on that what's the next question for him uh the next question let me put it up we did favorite list popularity of the album it was a popular it was popular as fuck yeah number one next question no but that's the thing is I'm trying to remember. Question. Why is the Billboard 200 different from the Billboard 100? The 100s are like the singles. Okay, got, got it. Yeah. I never knew that. I always knew it was different, and I never understood why. And my feelings was hurt. And I never did the Googles to find out why either. No bullshit. Like, me and Donovan care about the Billboard charts way more than, like, any the re- average rational. Person? Like, I mean, not even, like, the average person because it's a, it's a pop chart. I think that like so, my my sort of like reference has always been uh, "Bad" by Jay Holiday because yes. I want I want Jay Holiday to blow up, and um and then he didn't. But "Bad" was the gems, and so I think "Bad" peaked at like number six. But my thing with my thing with like singles specifically is, mm-hmm. I wait for the video. That's why oh, no yeah. guidance isn't going anywhere for like another eighteen months. All right. Um, so sorry. Next question. No, that's fine. Uh, so we, popularity time capsule. Will you still be listening to it in twenty twenty nine, or or we should be listening to it another ten years, or do you still think he could make this album this year? Um, do I think he could make this album this year? Mm-hmm. Still relevant for sure. Um, but considering just you know his development as an artist and the development of his sound, I don't think that this would be. Um, uh, this year album could it have been? Yes, I do think it could have been, but Kendrick the artist has moved on to explore like other parts of his sound, and so not saying it's not irrelevant. The message is still very much relevant. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that it doesn't sound dated in any way, shape, form, or fashion, especially considering how timeless the jazz sound is. Mm-hmm. I mean, j- jazz is a timeless sound. It's regardless. timeless, regardless. So considering how timeless the jazz sound is, no, it doesn't sound dated. Yes, it very well could have came out yesterday. But where Kendrick is as an artist, I think he is in to telling a different part of his story mm. now. As we saw with Damn, and you know, it's a more personal but part of it. 
I mean, to that point, though, like, Kendrick is perpetually pursuing, like, what's the next phase of my career? I think it's the, like, that, not, now that I think about it, I, think, I do think it is kind of um, draining to always think about, like, what is the negative thing I can, like, rap about next? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, for Kendrick, literally, so, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, like, he could, I mean, not to say that he could have, like, rested on his laurels and rapped about, like, basic shit, but... He could have. He could have very much been like, I'm famous. I just want to rap about how famous I am now and the bitches want to fuck me. And You know what I'm saying? But for him to be like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm famous. Because, again, like, to, to me specifically, and I'm sure Kendrick shares this based off this album, like, anytime, anytime you are unapologetically black and white people are like, oh, this is cool, it's like, yo, I clearly wasn't black enough because you shouldn't comfortable. be comfortable. You niggas are too comfortable. Bro, you are too comfortable with me right now. So for Kendrick Lamar, for, for the first album to be a story about basically an afternoon in, in Compton where mm-hmm. he is up hitting a lick and robbing some niggas and niggas are like, oh, this is a great story. He's probably like, nah, am I a mystery? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I shucking and jiving? Like, why do you like this story? This is a real life story about me, like, doing some ignorant shit you niggas are like oh he's the greatest rapper of all time it's like uh, nah, i don't know so i feel i, I wrote something about toy and slave maybe like five six years ago when whenever it won oscar where i was basically like any at the you point like this shit yeah at the point at which white people are like <laughs> a movie about slavery i want to see that shit i'm like uh, that means it's not strong enough so i'm sure kendrick felt that way too about like i'm sure i, I made an album which should have made you uncomfortable but it didn't make you uncomfortable so i'm not trying hard enough or mm. it made them so uncomfortable that they had to confront their own demons and they appreciated that shit. Mm. Flip side. You know what I'm saying? Like, that very well could have been it. I doubt it. But it's not unrealistic as a possibility. So, because I think you know, it, it really just forces niggas to think. And I, it's unfortunate that at this point in our lives and at this point in music forcing niggas to think is scary beyond scary um, think, nobody because nobody wants to think and thinking isn't popular and um you know what i'm saying being pensive about your experience as a black man on the earth ain't popular it's like shit are they gonna fuck with this are they not going to fuck with this? Mm-hmm. And when they do fuck with it, it's just like, okay, did I tell it wrong? Right. Why are you <laughs> fucking with it? Like, why? Like, in theory, or, you or, should not fuck with this. It's like, who is fucking with it, right? Because the black dollar is so strong. But we, but we relate on an organic level, right? Like, I, I feel like anytime. I remember, um, I mean, I went to high school with white people and I consider a few of them friends, mm-hmm. but it was weird. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't miss my words on like social media anyway. And I had a friend, I, I went to hoop at Cranbrook one day and one of my a guy I consider a friend was like, you're not talking about me. And I was like, you think, you think I like you way too much. bro?" <laughs> that was basically my response was like, mm-hmm. you think I fuck with you way too much. Like. No, you're complicit too, and so I don't. I don't know if like white people who have black friends think that like we're talking about them. It's like no, you could probably 
still look in the mirror too, you know. I agree. Sometimes they feel like, but ally them is a weird thing where they like they become an ally and they're like, yeah, I don't have to do anything. You else. know what's so crazy? Especially the the white people that grow up in the exact same circumstances as us. Mm. So like they are they are exposed to the exact same negativity. Like they witness firsthand their friends um, antagonized by um, white people without a motherfucking clue or police or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like they go through these, for lack of a better term, black experiences as white people. Yeah. And they end up conflicted and confused because their response is, it's inherently different because they're white. Yes, it's different because they white, but it's different because they lived it too. Like they was with yeah. they. Like if Good point. Good we point. all did some fuck shit as kids, I went to jail with y'all niggas for the dumb shit, right? But I'm mm. white, right? And so I think those people get left out of the conversation a lot. And I only think about it because one of my close friends I guess is somebody who all their friends black Mm. they joined a gang at a young age they still you know what I'm saying like identify way more closely to the black people around them than the white people around Mm. them ever could and it's just like I don't know what I don't know what to tell you (laughs) or how to encourage you to respond yeah, no, literally all my white friends are rich, um, if not wealthy. So it's, it's this weird sort of like, I remember, and I, I, I've never, I've, seen, I've yet to forgive myself for like how I handled it, but like, um, I, and another guy I consider, we play basketball together, so like he's my teammate, I consider him a friend. But I think he found Trump more like funny than problematic. He kind of like expressed that in a conversation with me. Mm. And I'm just kind of like, Legal. Of course you find him funny because, like, he's not affecting your life. Like, come on, dude. White like, man? Yeah, but it, it takes a level of privilege to be like... This is hilarious. Yeah, it's just funny as shit. Like, what it's are you tripping not, about? No, it's not. No. It's yeah. not funny. Yeah. So it's I'm, not funny at all. Privilege is everything, really. Yeah. And I'm... Yeah. That's yeah. all I have. All I have for it is a yeah. Yeah, privilege is literally everything, and so I, I I do think Kendrick was struggling with that on this album because it's like I'm uber famous, and I don't know if you niggas like me because like somebody told you to or because I'm doing like quality work. And if I'm not doing quality work, then who's I'm failing my me? people, right? And who's gonna tell and who, me? And who's gonna tell me? Mm-hmm. But I do think he was worried about like what does this mainstream shit mean for me now, like. Are niggas listening to me because, like, I'm saying something important or because, like, the world was like, oh, Kendrick Lamar, somebody listened to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's, that's got to be scary because you never want to feel like you're selling out. But never. I, I take it back, though, because I'm sure there are some people who, like, don't give a fuck about selling out. Um, True. It, and those people gonna, are. Like, pay their bills. You know? Yeah, those people are focused for sure on the money over their impact. Um. And I think it happens, that happens in every industry where folk get less focused on the impact of the work that they're doing and become more focused on their personal benefit. 
and I shit, even I have a tendency to worry about it because it's like I don't want to lose myself in making sure I remain, you know, as PC as possible, um, as like that I maintain my crossover value when it comes to like will I be able to uh, relate to a, a white audience mm. in the same manner that I can relate to a black audience um, when it comes to whichever demographic I'm supposed to be attempting to appeal to at the time. It's a lot. It's a lot. Like, there's so much to consider mm-hmm. once you put yourself in the public eye. I mean, I guess, like, the, the most, like, the def- definitely the most disheartening part of it is um, once you become, what what's niggas like you? Yeah. They're, a sect automatically, like, creates some niggas who, like, don't think you deserve the love you get. It's not even like they want to see you fail, but it's almost like. That nigga ain't too right, shit. Right, like, 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 what the, like, really? Like, that nigga? And it's like. I mean, I put in the work, <laughs> so if you time if you similarly want to put in the work, then I'm not gonna begrudge you. If, I don't know. I had, I had a moment actually a few weeks ago where um, I have a cousin who started to fight, and um, I've listened. In full disclosure, I haven't listened to it. You have, or you haven't? I haven't. Uh huh. And but my first thought was like, she don't want a fucking podcast. She just want to like. She wants the clout that podcast it gives her. And that could be right, but I felt like I hate her immediately afterward. Because I was like, was. if she's good at it, then who am I to be like, why the fuck are you podcasting? Like, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know if that's her passion. But ultimately, like, if it helps her, like, make some money, then who am I to be like, you you like, you, you stepping into my lane? It's like, I don't know. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's like, so, I mean, Kendra has a passion for this. And I, I, th- I do think that, like, kind of, dictates why he feels a little bit guilty about his mainstream success. But um, I do think part of that too is like, um, if I don't know if, if you are naturally good at it, then who am I to be like, don't do it because I love it. Like, I don't know. Like l- love can be, I guess like discovered ultimately. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a little cynical, but you know what? I agree with you wholeheartedly. So as a, a new DJ, like, who, but you love me, but you wouldn't have done this had you not loved music. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, yeah, podcast, and the I thing feel like, is, so sometimes I'm not sure if I love music. Mm. And I, I have, I really, really, really enjoy music, but I, I often feel com- conflicted as to what my true passions are. Like, I know for certain that I am passionate about people, I know for certain that I am passionate about reaching them. And I know for certain that music is not one of the best, if not the best way to do so. Mm -hmm. To connect with people. Right, to connect with people, because everybody fuck with music on some sort of level. Now, Even if you don't mean to. Even if if you 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 don't mean to. You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't mean to. And so I don't always necessarily feel like I am the most passionate person about music. I don't feel like I... I am the go-to bitch to talk to about whether or not Tupac was better than Biggie or no. half times. I don't even like 
when you even when you asked me about this, I didn't necessarily feel like I was qualified to have a conversation about what I felt like the best album of the decade was. You know what I'm saying? But that don't mean I don't have a lane. Right. But I, I mean, part I'm a part of that. I want to like take a little bit of the burden off. You was like, I kind of led niggas into that question. What I wanted, to, what I wanted was for people to pick their favorite album of the decade and defend it as the best album of the decade. But there, there cannot be a best album of the decade. There's too much music. Too much. It's too much. And so, like, I'm just really intrigued to hear people like defend what they think is the best album of the decade because ultimately, you're right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what well, I'm gonna, be, I'm saying, and be like, actually, Drake did this a little bit better lyrically. Like, no, I'm not about to do that shit. Like, uh-huh. so it, it's actually beautiful to hear people like articulate why they feel like whatever they pick is the best album because ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm in no position to be like. Well, if I was Lupe Fiasco, what I would have done on this track. Like, right. This and so that's the thing. Like, it's it's so many different perspectives. Like, everybody is entitled to have one. Right. Everybody is entitled to have one. So, like, no, my musical experience may not be the same as a, a, a DJ Don Q, as a DJ Chubby Swag, Shout as a Chubby. DJ Drama. You know what I'm saying? My, pers- my experience with music and my interactions with music ain't the same as theirs, but that don't mean I don't belong. You know what I'm saying? That don't mean I don't have no lane. That don't mean I don't have nothing to say as a DJ. That don't mean I don't have a story to tell with the records that I play. Right, you speaking poetry at this point. First of all, friend, relax. But I'm just saying, like, that perspective shit is such a Pandora's box mm-hmm. because there's so many different ways to spin any story. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. No, you're, I mean, you're right. Though. <laughs> I mean, the, the point is that, like, we all, I guess, a, a approach and attack things from different perspectives because we, we all aren't coming from it from the same viewpoint. And so it's like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, for, again, with bringing it back to the album of the decade, it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what's important to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm also in no position to be like, what's important to you is actually unimportant. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. th- um, I actually, um, the friend who just came on and talked about, um, uh, uh, it's better this way. He actually came out and was like, I don't know if this is the best album this decade or like my favorite album this decade, but ultimately, like, it was important to me when I needed it to be important to me. And so I'm I'm always going to listen to it when I, like... Exactly. That's I how I feel about SZA. Film. Yeah. Yeah, SZA. So, That's how I feel. I mean, all, all this music specifically has been important to, I think, like, the progression of the decade. Um, mm-hmm. All Right is on here, and it kind of dropped at the perfect time. <laughs> we needed it. Yeah, black people needed that shit. 2015. We needed it. 17 niggas need that shit for sure. Um, And so I I do think Kendrick is, even if he does come across as kind of like, not like naive, but definitely like I'm, I'm not like let me let me downplay my importance. Like he knows what he's doing. Uh He definitely knows what he's doing, and I appreciate that because humility is important in this rap game, man. Like I, I I do like a rapper who who is that nigga, but ain't gonna be like I'm that nigga. Yeah, for sure. Because. There are some folks who aren't that nigga, but will be like, yeah, man. And they'll be like, ooh, 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 shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you got to pick yourself up, man. Like, ooh, 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 quiet down. That is the industry. Quiet down. Um, 
Okay, so are you still listening to it regularly? Um, regularly, I can't say that I am, and that's just because with my profession, I, I gotta consistently be listening to so you much shit, yeah. and it's only twenty four hours in a day. It's only twenty four hours in a day. I don't listen to music no more. I ain't gonna pretend like I do. I, if it's a nigga I like have like been with for a while, then yeah. But like, it's weird. Like I don't know. Like I have title, and they offer suggest new tracks, and I'm just kind of like, no thank you. No thank you. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like <laughs> if it's somebody I don't want to listen to, then I will find it. But like I'm not about to just like take your advice. I don't know. So it's it's kind of hard yeah. for me to. If somebody running a music, somebody running a music sect of a podcast, I'm like. My music knowledge kind of like runs thin in 2016. I ain't gonna pretend like you know done. what I'm saying. And it's just I, I don't have the time. No, I don't. I don't have the time right now, and so no, I don't listen to it regularly. Um, I probably have listened to it more in the past couple months, just in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, damn, I did fuck with this. It's like, ooh. But that's the thing. Like, I haven't listened to it. So before you you said you were gonna pick this, I haven't listened to it in a while. Mm-hmm. I went start to finish, and like I said, I think that's when I like created my theory about like it being a Spike Lee album and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, I do think the first time I listened to it, so I mean, can, so let me actually look at the the singles he picked for the album. He did I, and then Black of the Berry, and then King Kunta, mm-hmm. and then All Right, and then These Walls. It was a These Walls video, which is hilarious. Um, I don't um, remember watching that video. It's silly as shit. Uh, shout out Corey Holcomb. Um, I don't know. I guess like the videos continue the concept in a way that maybe, but I don't know. I, I think like I enjoy listening to it one to sixteen, and like I said, like early with Mortal Man, I kind of I I tune out after the little cute little Tupac part, but. Um, I remember you was conflicted, but I don't know. Like, like every, like everything flows into each other. So yeah, even with like you as in my favorite song, but when I'm listening to it start to finish, I'd never turn you off because I'm like it's, it's important, important to, the to the story. It's important to the story. Yes. Um, and so mm-hmm. like you into all right into for sale into mom into hood politics into how much it costs into the complexion. Into, yeah, it's like everything. The feeds entire into album each other. is important. Everything yes. feeds into each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. it's I, I guess. Like. I. Ha- I've picked out my songs I can listen to on shuffle or like without the rest of the album. But when I'm listening to it, start to finish, it's like I can't skip any of these songs, and yeah. I and I refuse to because what's the point? Why would you? Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man. Um. I don't even want to ask the next question. So it's about growth, and I think like. We already know what happened. We already know what happened. My nigga got a Pulitzer. Moving on. Yeah, we already know what happened next. But would you consider Damn a better album? The the question is weird. I don't. I don't know if it's better. It took me a long time to get into Damn. Really? I don't know why. Meanwhile, I ordered it on vinyl, got it autographed, bought the T-shirt. But it took me to listen to it. Start to finish, it took me a long ass time. I probably first time I heard Element, I was like, <laughs> "This is the best album all time." <laughs> Element loyalty, I was like, yeah, "Nobody fuck with you." And then I wrote about lust. Let me find that real quick, because lust is a pretty perfect song. 
Uh, it took me so long to get into it. And I probably listened to it start to finish one day when I was out driving for Lyft. And I finally got to the end and I was like, damn, that was good as fuck. Yeah. It's nothing. Who knew? He, he makes all concept albums. Like, that's my favorite thing about the niggas. He doesn't. He doesn't. My like, niggas not say try. when they're. If I gotta slap a pussy ass nigga, I'm gonna make, make it, it look, look sexy. sexy. <laughs> Pull up, hop out, arrow, make it look sexy. <laughs> they won't tell me I'm my element. This nigga, bro. Like, nigga, what you said? What you said? If I gotta go hard on a bitch, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it look sexy. That's hey. really my theme song right now. Like, in a, I actually am about to to tape that to my to the front of my planner because that's where I'm at right now. Like, I have to be going hard, and I also need to be making it look sexy because I'm trying to get a job. <laughs> so. All right. I don't worry about lust. Any and all of them could have made this list. Element, loyalty, and humble. And loyalty probably should have made my list. But lust exists is the most fun story in the album, and that's clearly for a reason. Not to step on next week's damn essay, which I never wrote, but um, Lust is the axis upon which the album rotates. Listen to damn front, front to back. Lust has been Kendrick's issue this entire time. Mm-hmm. Coveting material things in the pursuit of happiness, only to recognize none of it ultimately matters. Period. Listening to it in reverse order. List, lust is where things begin falling apart, uh, falling apart for Kendrick. Mm-hmm. His bragging about losing, losing expensive jewelry and bouncing city to city for more, for more millions taking on the much sinister tone. Uh, we're not talking about them, but like to me, this is where like if that's the case, it is the case for Tepemba Butterfly. Yeah, and that's clear in institutionalized. It's clear in King Kunta. It's clear in these walls. It's clear in how much a dollar costs. I mean, the overarching like sort of arc of his story is that like. America don't, America don't like black people for real. So like unless they famous. But so why y'all fuck with me? Except for like I'm because somebody told you to. I feel like he's always trying to like interrogate like y'all don't fuck with me for real. It's just because somebody told you should fuck with me that you do fuck with me. But like it's not because like I'm so great. And I think I, I mean I I kind of relate to that. It's like I'm always like waiting for somebody to like push me off my pedestal to be like, you this okay. nigga Larry weak as fuck. Yeah, like, like you cool. <laughs> you ain't that nigga though. You cool, but like relax, nigga. Like so, I empathize with that. Like I don't, I don't know. Like anytime somebody bigs me up, it's like that means I didn't do something right. Cause why do you fuck with what I did? I want you to be a little bit offended by what I did, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think that's kind of one of his. Not issues, but definitely something he thinks a lot about. Like, why do you like me? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, he not he. I mean, you just feel like it's questioning. But just kind of like on a very like superficial, like sort of basic human level, he's like, I'm okay. Look, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, he's not like the traditional celebrity. You know what I'm saying. Like, he's kind of yeah. like a he's he's your regular Joe. So it's like, like did my nigga have a baby? Like, where the baby at? He's hiding them from. Oh, he's not hiding them from the world. Hiding the, baby hiding, the baby. hiding the world from the baby. He's hiding the world from the baby. I want to see his baby. I want to see J Cole baby. Cole, you will never see. Cole, we will baby. never see the babies. Cole, Cole's child will be in college and be like, "I'm J Cole's child." And we can be like, "Boy, shut the fuck up!" No, no you're not. you not, nigga. 
Like, Dad, can you, like, claim me? And Cole's like, actually, son, I can't. I cannot. I will not. Not cannot. Won't. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're welcome. Go platinum without any features, son. Okay. It'll work out for you. Win without any cosign. It'll work you out You have for it. You. It's in your blood. The entire, his whole undergrad career, he's gonna fuck my dad. Goddamn father. I hate this nigga. All right, that was the last question. So final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Final man. thoughts. To Pimp a Butterfly was good as fuck. True. You feel me? That's how most people end it is like, listen to listen to what I picked. Listen to, to Pimp a Butterfly. Stream that. Download that. Get it on vinyl. It was the precursor. Get it on vinyl. I got damn on vinyl. I did not get to Pimp a Butterfly on vinyl, and I feel like I should. I got good kid on vinyl. Really? Good call. I ordered, I bought the little package, like, I got the autograph vinyl with the it came with the autograph um vinyl cover with the regular vinyl cover and it also came with like a t shirt which I cannot find at the moment. Um but like as a DJ who does not regularly spin on vinyl, I think it's still important to have in my collection for whenever I do decide to pull it out. Um And the point is, you have it. The I, I, I just got the point is like that I have it. And yeah. so I definitely would love to acquire to Pimp Butterfly on vinyl. I feel like everyone who can should. Um, and I am prayerful that Kendrick continues to deliver music that a forces us to think, forces us to move, um, that tells our stories. Mm-hmm from a very accurate perspective um, that challenges our narrative in ways that is atypical um, and that gives me more opportunities to use my college words because I have a degree. You feel me? Period. (laughs) That's really where I am with it. I like using my college words today. Shout out to Pulitzer Kenny, man. Pulitzer Kenny. That's all I got. Some somebody come in here and do damn. So I we can just go ahead and complete the trifecta. Thank you, uh, Tiana, for coming on the show. Stop calling me Tiana. My name is T Two Times. Ooh. I'm a public figure. Thank you, T Two Times, for coming on. The You're show. welcome. I appreciate <laughs> it. We'll be back for uh control, because I want to do control. Gotta do control. Okay, we're we gonna do control. control. We're we gonna do control. Yes. Boom. All right, cool. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, boom. Thanks again to the homie T2 Times for pulling up on the boy um, with a quality selection. If y'all haven't listened to To Pimp a Butterfly recently, y'all go do that. Uh, we'll be back with another album of the decade podcast this week. Uh, shout out to the homie Jay Hurt. He pulled up um, a few episodes ago to do um, NBA talk, but he and I reconnected to get his album of the decade on wax. So, um, that'll be coming this week, and I'm getting on some more folk schedules now for some more music and non-music-related podcasts. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for those as well. Catch up on the first six of these if you haven't already. Just catch up on everything we've got going on from Albums of the Decade to Songs of the Year to uh, General West Susum Radio Podcast to Consulting to Playlist to everything we got going on, man. WestSusum.com is forever packed and forever busy, and in 2020, we are – cranking up the action man so 
yeah, check out all the things we have going on. Consulting announcements also coming soon. Working on that flyer right now. Shout out to Photoshop for trying to take me out the game. But we are trying to bring good habits into the new decade. So let's get it going, man. Let's work. Uh, again, be back later this week with part eight of the Album of the Decade series. I will talk to you all then. Let the paranoia haunt you. Peace to fashion, police, I wear my heart. On my sleeve, let the runway start. You know the man's about do love company. What do you want from me and my scars? Everybody lack confidence. Everybody lack confidence. How many times my potential was anonymous? How many times the city making me promises? So I promise this. I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and dickies.